You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage podcast. And you may be a little bit confused by the title. You might wonder if maybe some toddler came along and started playing on my keyboard, or maybe my new puppy was pounding on the keyboard. But what is that? I mean, Dwayadai Gawayag, uh, or to say it more clearly, D W Y A D A Y G W Y A G, right? That's a mouthful. Of stuff there. What is that mouthful of stuff? Well, that's what we want to talk about. But before I tell you about that, I just want to thank you for being here. Uh, this podcast has been around for several years now and has been listened to by over 370, or I'm sorry, 3.7 million people around the world. We're at 300, episode 371. Uh, so I've been doing this a while. And the reason I've been doing it is because I'm concerned about how many marriages fall apart unnecessarily. I can tell you, I am not here to save every marriage and force people to stay in a marriage. But I'm also aware of the fact that, A, lots of marriages fall apart unnecessarily. And B, the damage that that does to people financially, psychologically, just in lifestyle, so many different ways. And the impact it has on the whole family, the ripple effect, the kids, the siblings, the parents involved, I mean, all the way up the chain, including the couple, right? And suddenly everything is thrown into chaos. And part of the reason for that chaos is because when you make that commitment in marriage, you mean it, right? I mean, you got married because you meant for this to last the rest of your life. And here you are in the midst of a crisis. And here I am working to change that. So I thank you for being here and listening to this and working on your relationship and at least thinking about working on your relationship because it begins with the fact that you realize that you want something different. My own history with this started in my childhood. I had parents who had and still have a great marriage, and I've had the opportunity of seeing my grandparents have good marriages, but I've watched as my aunts and uncles have had a different experience and what happened with my cousins. In fact, some of them I still have no contact with because of what happened in the family, and and it broke my heart to watch that happen, to watch them go through that. And it changed probably a lot of my perspective as I came into my own profession of what I wanted to do. And the fact is that I had a belief that marriages have at their core a very important part of in our psychology and, and in our security in adulthood. And suddenly it's disrupted. And here we are in a situation where the world feels like it's in chaos and we're looking for some place to to find peace, to find harmony. And many times we want that to be our home. And unfortunately, here we are in the midst of a time when marriages are even under greater assault because here many people are forced to deal with the circumstances of the pandemic and and maybe forced together or forced apart by that, putting further strain on it. Plus, just the strain and the chaos in our culture right now spills over into our intimate relationships. And what often happens is instead of pulling together as a couple, you push apart and rip at each other instead. 
So again, thank you for spending the time to be here to think about this important subject. What is that important subject today? Well, there you are with that phrase. D-W-Y-A-D-A-Y-G-W-Y-A-G. What a bunch of letters. What does it mean? Well, very simply, do what you always did and you get what you always got. Do what you always did and you get what you always got, which basically means that we repeat patterns. Even if we don't like the outcome, we repeat the patterns over and over, which raises the question, what is this about in a marriage? Well, what I've noticed over the years is lots of people come to me and they basically say, I want your help to get back to where we were. And then they state sometime in the past, maybe it was six months ago when everything was going great, or maybe it was a year ago when everything was going great, or maybe a week ago, or maybe 10 years ago, or maybe when they first got married, they want to get back to that place of love when everything was working. And so they're basically like, if I could just get back to where we were, then it would be better. And my response is, Getting back to where you were only puts us on the same trajectory to get what you've got. In other words, do what you always did and you get what you always got. If you go back to doing what you were doing before just to get back to that place, as if you know we can cut off some place in life and get back to that, we end up repeating the pattern. That's relationships on repeat. What's interesting about this is the solution many people have is, see, that's the reason we should get divorced, because we will keep repeating this pattern. But this pattern is beyond this one relationship. Harville Hendricks and Helen Hunt talk about this uh, when they're talking about the process that happens uh, in your imago theory of relationships, which is basically you have an imago, an image of who this person should be in your life. The problem is that image, that imago, has the power to bring healing, but also the power to bring pain. And what we see over and over is that people leave one relationship to start another relationship only to find themselves at the same place again because they never solved the core issue. They never never found their way through the basic issue that was holding up the relationship in the first place. And so what they do is they end a relationship thinking that that relationship was all wrong and this other relationship is all right. Not noticing that already embedded in that relationship are the potential for problems that emerged in the first relationship. So even if you change relationships, Doing what you always did will get you what you always got. And so we have to make a change. The big changes, ones that are core to where we're headed in the relationship. Now, what's interesting about this, this relationship on repeat, is that there are some reasons for that, both in your brain and in your environment. So first of all, let's talk about what's in your environment. Let's talk about where we've kind of learned about relationships. I've already told you in my family, uh, I had a chance to watch my parents have a good marriage. But even though I was watching their good marriage, I can tell you that probably what I saw was was maybe 20% of what made it good. 80% of what makes a marriage work, maybe more, 80, 90% happens in secret. 
behind closed doors within each of the people. And so even if I started acting like my parents acted, that doesn't mean I have within them the same mindset within me that they had within them because they were doing things differently in the background. I just wouldn't know it. And so what I've discovered is a lot of times when people do have good relationships, it's almost by luck that they've stumbled onto this pattern and they've gotten into the pattern that produces a great relationship. Sometimes they do it on purpose, but many times it's just an accidental stumbling. So they're doing what they always did and they're getting what they always got. It was just on the good side. It just doesn't mean that I can watch it and model what they were doing and know it. More than that, what happens if you came out of a marriage where it wasn't a great relationship, where you don't have a great example? You can't even say, well, they had a good marriage. Over and over in my office, I've had people come in and tell me that they have no idea what a good marriage would look like because their parents didn't have one. Now, the interesting thing was as I was doing premarital work, couple after couple would come in and they would say, well, you know, I waited because I wanted to get it right. Now I found the love that my parents never had, but what they have within them are some of the same patterns and learning from that situation. So if we grow up in families where we don't see the examples, and that is almost 100% of the time because the good examples aren't even showing us what's happening behind closed doors, what's happening in their mind, what's happening in their process, their invisible process. So then we still aren't learning those core skills. Now, that's part of the problem. We do what we know, right? We do what we know by watching these other things, even if we don't understand what's behind it. But the knowing part, the learning part, it's kind of interesting. It happens on a neuronal level in your brain too. So everything you've learned in your life happens because of the synapse connections in your neuronal pathway. Just kind of think back on something. Maybe you were practicing something, trying to learn to do something, maybe math or writing or, or something, and suddenly it clicked. That actually has a lot of research behind the clicking where we know that finally the necessary neurons hit the pathway. This is kind of like if you're trying to practice something. Let's say you're trying to throw a boomerang, right? And you keep throwing and keep throwing and it keeps not coming back. And then suddenly you get it right because your brain is constantly trying to adapt and figure out by your throw that didn't land and throw that didn't land because you you know what you want it to do. You want it to come back. And suddenly you hit it and your brain clicks in and goes, that's it. Now you might miss it the next time and you go, okay, that wasn't quite it. And so you're continuing to fine tune that neuronal pathway. But once it's clicked in, if you keep doing it, you'll keep being able to do it because the neuronal pathway is there. But there is a downside to that. When we get into bad habits, the neuronal pathway of that bad habit is there too. That's why it's so hard to break a bad habit. And relationally, a lot of couples get into bad habits that get locked into the neuronal pathways, how they do conflict, how they disconnect or reconnect or connect or how they deal with their own emotions and how they respond to each other all become neuronal pathways. And here is where it gets kind of tricky. Your brain actually has a prime objective, and that prime objective is not to be, have the most successful life possible. It's not to have the most thriving life possible, to use kind of my ideas from Thrivology. It's not that. It's to have you survive. 
that is the prime objective. Your brain is primed to keep you alive first and foremost, because if you can't do that, you can't do anything else. Anything else after that, that's just icing on the cake. It's just gravy on the potatoes, right? It's just the extra piece. So first you have to survive. So how do you survive? Well, your brain knows something. What you did yesterday meant that you survived because here you are going, well, what I did yesterday worked, right? What you did yesterday kept you alive. This is part of why it's so hard for people to make changes in their life. Maybe you say, you know what? I want to start exercising. I want to get into better shape. I want to eat differently. Your brain, though, is going, wait, wait, wait. Before you try that, we got to remember that that's not what we did yesterday. And we're alive today because of what we did yesterday. So yesterday it worked really well to eat the potato chips watching Netflix in my recliner. So let's go back to there. And so the brain is constantly trying to pull us back to something else. It's scared of something different. Even if there's another part of your brain going, I think this would be a good idea. I've been reading about this diet. I've been looking at this YouTube video or wherever you're getting the information. And you're thinking, this really is the place I need to go. But the other part of your brain is going, yeah, but this is something different than we did yesterday. Well, it's the same with relationships. What you've done in the past even if it didn't get you where you wanted to, you survived it, right? It's gotten you there by that prime objective. Now, does that mean we're stuck? Not at all. We just have to step into a new way of thinking. Maya Angelou says, I did then what I know how to do. Now that I know better, I do better. I did then what I knew how to do. Now that I know better, I do better. In other words, when we learn something new, if it's a better solution, we can move to it. But we have to know that it's the better solution and we have to practice it. We have to not just hear about it, but know it. Throughout your life, you've done this. I mean, let's face it, even though you have that prime objective, There's another prime objective of of making progress in life too, right? Otherwise, we would all be still in diapers and not crawling or moving because that worked for us that day before, right? But there's something that moves us forward. There's something that we're pushing towards that gets us beyond just that prime objective of survival because we want to move towards something better. Obviously, as a child, to survive, you've got to get more active. You've got to move forward. And then we start learning new things. We start making progress, which is where we run up against the problem in marriage, making progress. How do you know how to make progress? I've asked this question many times to people. My basic question is, where'd you learn about marriage? At what point in your life did you get the rule book? Sure, you might have watched some people be married. How do you know how to be married? One of my big critiques is that in this most important relationship we have in our life, we have almost zero training other than what you get when you're doing it, on-the-job training. And as I've said before, you know, if you want to figure something out, if it's really important, do you want to do it while you're doing it? I mean, do you want the brain surgeon to come in and say, hey, just want to let you know, I'll figure this out as we go. 
I don't know. I've never even done this kind of surgery, but I'll figure it out as we go. Or do you want the car mechanic to say, well, you know, I've really never worked on an engine, but I'll figure it out as we go. Then we do that in life. I mean, even if you are driving a car, somebody taught you how to do it. In most states that I'm aware of, you have to have gone through a training process to figure out how to drive a car. And you go get your license to prove that you now know how to start driving. You now know enough to start driving. doesn't mean you're an expert driver. It just means that you now know enough to do that. We do that in so many areas of life. And then in a marriage, just the other day, I was at the county clerk's office trying to unwind a problem we had with a license plate issue with our car. And I was standing in line because of COVID. We're all waiting outside and the person's coming down to make sure that they can help us and they don't need to redirect us. The people behind me, were there to get a marriage license. The woman asked them three or four simple questions. And once they responded to all, she said, sure, we can get you that license. That's it. You know, no, don't demonstrate to us. Don't take a test about this marriage. Just here's your license. Go do it. So we don't have the rules, which is much like what would happen if you just got dropped in and said, hey, let's play this game. We don't know the rules. When several years ago, we were with some, uh, some family friends, uh, their probably nine-ish-year-old child uh, wanted to play games with me. And I'm always up for playing with the little kids, and, and they're usually their pets too. And so I sat down on the floor, and the child pulled out this very battered board. And I started looking for the direction so I would have a clue what I was doing. And there were no directions. There was nothing on the back of the board. There was nothing inside the board that was going to help me. So the child set up the game board and tried to tell me how we were going to play. So we started playing. And the interesting thing was the rules kept changing. No matter what I did, (laughs) the rules were changing in favor of this nine-year-old who was raking me across and winning every match because the rules always suited the nine-year-old. And since I didn't know the rules, and even when I thought I knew the rules, they changed, there was no way I was going to win the game. But isn't that kind of what happens to us in marriage? You don't know the game. You don't know the rules of the game. And you start playing. Let's say that you even dated each other for a while, so you knew the rules of dating somehow. Or maybe you even lived together, and so you thought you knew the rules of living together, and then you get married, and you realize you don't know the rules of marriage. And so then we get into those habits. We get into making the mistakes that begin to accumulate and get us into trouble because we continue to do on repetition what wasn't really working, but where we survived. I mean, there's that part of your brain going, well, I mean, I survived yesterday. Even if it wasn't a great day with my spouse, I survived. We survived. We're still married. I'm still here. So we'll just do that again today. And you get stuck. So you're listening to this because you know that that's not working. I don't need to convince you of that. Your relationship convinces you of that. That's why you're listening. So what do you do? We have to step into something different. And how do you do that? My colleague Jack Canfield talks about an equation that Robert Resnick created. The equation is E plus R equals O. And it fits so well into this. E plus R equals O. Let me just tell you the pieces of that equation. E is the event. Anything external to you is an event. 
your spouse coming in and saying, I'm not happy. We need to separate or I'm not happy. We need to change or I'm not happy. We need to divorce all of those pieces. They are all the E's. Let's say you came out of a family where it was dysfunctional. You never saw a good marriage. That's also an event and you're trying to figure out what to do. So the event is external to you, whatever it is. If you're in a car accident, it's external to you, right? That car hitting you, external. If you get sick with something, that's external to you, even if it's happening within you, because it's not in your control. So the E is what's not in your control. It's external. It's the event. R is your response. O is the outcome. I'm going to come back to the response. The outcome, where things end up. Event, where things begin. Outcome, where things end, right? The beginning, the end. What's in between that changes the events to the outcome? Your response. R, your response ability, your ability to respond. That's your control point. You get to change how you're going to respond, who you're going to be, how you move through this. That's where you have control. That's where you have leverage. Now, to be clear, that doesn't mean you get to control the outcome. You get to control your response, which influences the outcome. None of us get full control of the outcome because we don't get control over the event. The event, external, outside of our control. Our response, that's completely within our control. Put those two together and you have some outcome. So let's kind of think about how this goes through. How your spouse is thinking about things, how your spouse is moving through the relationship, those, that's external. That's the event. How you're moving through this, how you're managing your life, that is your place. That is your response. Put those together, and that's where we land on here. So here's what's important about that equation. If you don't like the outcome you're getting, recognize that the outcome ends up being the event, and you have another chance to respond. It's a circular type of formula. E plus R equals O. Then the O becomes the E plus R equals O. The O becomes the E plus R equals O. And around and around it goes, so you get a chance to say, I'm going to respond differently. I'm going to do things differently on this to change the outcome. Now, let's say you like the outcome. You like where things are, but the events are changing. Something is happening between you and your spouse. Something's happening in the world around you that's affecting the external event. You have to change your response to continue getting that outcome. It's an important place to be able to go, where do I have control here? My response. How do I want to change that? See, here's the thing. There are some skills to this. There are skills to successfully building a marriage. There are skills of connection, of understanding what connections mean, of why it's so important to connect. There are skills and understandings of how to approach connection so you're, you're not crowding a spouse, but you're also not disconnecting from a spouse. There are important parts of understanding what connection is about. Just as there are mindset pieces of understanding being a we, we are in this together. We're a team. That's what happens when you get married or what should happen when you get married. And if it doesn't, why there is a problem. When you start a relationship, there's two people, you and me. Then you become a you and me. 
And then over time, you and me decided to get married, right? And the chance is you could become a you and me to we. But if you don't, you and me becomes you versus me because it becomes oppositional. You're not working together to create the team. You're pulling apart. That's where many marriage crises come in. And so there is a mindset and a skill set to becoming a we. The same is for your own growth. Naturally speaking, we as humans are learners. But at some point, we hang up our learning hat. We stop growing. We stop expanding. There are some skills and understandings to that. Which brings us to the fact that there's a place for hope in this process. Charles Snyder talked about hope. He said that there is an equation for hope. Hope equals a goal plus a method plus agency. That's what creates hope. So we always think of things in the abstract. Oh, I hope that this will happen. We never think about the components that come together to maintain hope. So first of all, in hope, there's a goal. Let's say that at this moment, your goal is to have a strong, loving, warm marriage that you both would treasure. That's your goal. Okay, now we've established that. That's a goal. Two other pieces are necessary. Otherwise, you will feel hopeless about this. The first thing is you have to have some method, some way of getting there. You have to have a roadmap to get there. Think about it like this. Let's say you decide to take a trip, right? And so there you are. You've decided to go across the country. That is your goal, to get to the other coast. Now, the method can vary, right? You could hitchhike. You could ride your skateboard, I suppose. You could ride a bike if you wanted to take the time. You could get a car. You could take a bus. You could take a train. You could even fly there. All those are methods, transportation methods to get you to that point. So you have to understand the method. The last thing you have to have is a willingness to actually take that trip. Let's say that you decide to go to the coast and you know you could fly on all those different ways and yet you do nothing to do it. You have no agency, no choice in that. You don't follow up on any of those transportation methods. You're never going to make it. The agency is the willingness to take on that trip. So I kind of ask you now, where are you with that? Where's your hope? Where's your point that you want to get to? Let's just start with your goal. If you're on board with what I just said, your goal to have that warm, secure, loving, connected relationship that you both would treasure, that is your goal. That's my whole reason for working with marriages, to try to get people to the point where both people have a loving, connected relationship that is warm and supportive, that they both would treasure, they both would protect. That, to me, is that, that goal. That's where we want to get to. Now, the, the next thing I want to ask you is, do you want to get there? My guess is the answer is yes. Otherwise, you would not be still listening to me. You would have turned this podcast on off some time ago because it's not getting you where you want to get to, wherever that is. So I'm assuming that you have agency, that you want to, you have a desire to get to that place. So if you've got a method, you're already doing it. And the question is, is the method getting you there? Do what you always did and you get what you always got. Are you changing that? 
Are you using a different thing to do? Do something different, get something different. As Maya Angela says, when we know better, we do better. Now, what is that knowing better? It's making sure you have a method, an approach that's going to get you there. So if you've been doing what you've always done and you're getting what you always got and you're ready for something else and you have the goal that's there, you have the agency to get there, you're stepping in saying, I want a different outcome. The question is in method. This is episode 371. There are 370 other episodes that I talk about some of these techniques. If there's nothing else you do, go through those and listen to that. If you want to grab a book, I've written several, How to Save Your Marriage in Three Simple Steps, Marriage Fail Point to Help You Understand How Things Fell Apart, The Three Barriers, Getting Beyond the Three Barriers, Recovering from the Affair, all of those are designed to give you pieces of the puzzle. Now, the one thing I've created is a system for that too. So if you're ready to dig in and go, I've really got to figure this out. I need a systemic and systematic way of doing it. The Save the Marriage system will do that. It starts with a quick start guide where you can assess where you are and figure out exactly what you need to do for your particular situation. It follows on through to help you understand why marriages get into trouble and what to do to change them, how to heal the anger and resentment that comes out of the hurt, how to fight fairly, how to avoid the big mistakes, how to understand how to move forward with this process, whether it's a midlife crisis that's affected or an affair or some other issue. I talk about those because they are mostly symptoms of the disconnection that's there. So if you're still stuck, if you have the agency, you want to do it and you have the goal, you just don't know how to do it. Let's change that. If you don't, You'll always get what you always got before. You'll be stuck in the repetitive patterns. We have to fill in that one piece to make sure you have the method. The starting point for that is to go to savethemarriage.com. Savethemarriage.com. Now, what I try to do is make sure you have every advantage. I'm sitting here trying to save as many marriages as I can. And it requires others who are stepping up. And I, I think that you're at that point. I think that you want to move there because you're still listening to this. You're still listening to me moving through this. If you're agreeing with me, there are a couple of things I want to add into this to make sure you have what you need. The system is helpful enough, but I want you to have the strongest possible start. So if you grab the system, I'll also give you a free week of my VIP virtual coaching program. It's my virtual intensive program. It has lots of other extra tools that you can pick and choose what makes sense to you. You don't have to use them all. I suggest several in there that are very important, like the apology letter formula and my fill-in-the-blank plan that walks you through creating the plan, my Thrive Journal, and several other pieces that will just help you move through and get started strongly. I give you a free week of that. You have to claim it. I don't force it on you. You have to say, I want that. Some people choose not to. But if you want that, you just have to claim that when I offer it. Then the other thing is I'll have one of my coaches call you. You, That's voluntary also. You don't have to sign up for it, but you just have to make a request. On the download page, you can click the coach button and fill out some information, and a coach will get back to you and schedule a time for about a 15 to 20-minute session so that we make sure that you get the best start. But here's the thing. It all starts with the agency with you choosing action. 
with you deciding that you don't want to get what you've always gotten by doing what you've always done, by changing that, by deciding that the R, your response, has got to be different. You want the skills. You know that you have to have them. And so you step in. That's how you reestablish the hope within yourself and therefore into the relationship that things can be different. If you're ready for that, please join me at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. I look forward to seeing you there. I wish you the best as you continue to work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.